today's Leading Women episode 545 with the wonderful Rika Brandon. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Podcast your passion. Yes, did you know you can podcast your passion, make a difference, and make money talking about what you love talking about? That's how I get to do what I'm doing, talking to wonderful women every day. Here are today's leading women. Want to learn how I did it? Go to podcastyourpassion.com. That's www.podcastyourpassion.com. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Rika Brandon. Rika Brandon is a recruiting and hiring expert for entrepreneurs and small businesses and founder at RikaBrandon.com, a website that combines her two great loves, entrepreneurship and recruiting. In her career as an HR manager and as a business owner, Rika has hired over 500 people. As an executive recruiter, she has placed over 400 people with a replacement rate of less than 1%. She has done over 10,000 interviews and earned millions in recruiting fees. To learn more, visit www.rikabranded.com. That Rika, R-I-K-K-A, Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N.com. Rikabranded.com. Women of the world, Miss Rika Brandon. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am delighted to have you on the show, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So, Rika, I really like what you're doing with your business. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, you know, the sweat equity, the knowledge and experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you, and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment and time about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and the idea behind that niche? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually started my first business when I was 26 um, and I became a a headhunter and I had a boss that I thought was a little bit unethical. And so um, in kind of the, you know, the arrogance of youth, I'm like, well, I'm just going to start my own. And I did it. And so I had my first business for about 10 years. And then um, so that's where I got all of my 400 hires and all of that stuff. And I was out for happy hour with a couple of my friends who also owned their businesses. And, you know, we were talking about hiring and they were all feeling pretty frustrated with underperforming employees or hiring challenges. And so I was just answering questions and giving them ideas. And my one friend said, this is ridiculous. Like, you have to put this where other people can find it because it's not fair that I can go out for drinks with you and solve all of my hiring problems. And people who don't know you can't get this. And I was like, oh, and, you know, she's like, you have to figure out how to make this a business. And that was back in 2011. And I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be really cool. Right. Entrepreneurship and recruiting. It could help female entrepreneurs. That'd be awesome. 
But I was a little bit hung up on how to do it because as an executive recruiter, you have a fairly low volume of sales, but you get paid very well for what you, you do. And so I wasn't really sure how to take my expertise and package it up in a price point that small businesses could and should pay um, to help them. And so it sort of got stuck in my head a little bit and just sort of bounced around as a, you know, maybe in the future thing. Uh, and then I had a friend call me up and say, hey, let's go to Rich Happy Hot Live with Marie Forleo. I'm like, well, that sounds awesome. Who's Marie Forleo? And then obviously for everybody in the audience who knows Marie Forleo, my world got like kind of blown wide open on how you can help a lot of people and do good in the world and really make it be a price point that's an investment, but a good investment with a huge amount of return. And so that was really kind of the, the catalyst moment for rickabrandon.com to come into existence of recognizing, okay, I just need to teach people how to do it. And that's going to give them the power to use it repeatedly and continue to hire better. Um, so that really was kind of the thing. So I've had the opportunity to start my first business with mostly just moxie and determination that I didn't ever want to have a boss again. And then to start this business, which I consider kind of more my soul fulfilling business of this is what I feel called to do in the world versus it's just lucrative, like the first one. <laughs> so mm. that's kind of a little bit about how it came to pass. I love your story. I love that you shared that one with us. I mean, that has been a theme here at Today's Leading Women because more, more often it's from our own experience and, of course, coupled with encouragement from friends because when they see other people start seeing, oh, you're good at it, you're an expert on this, so why not share this to others? Why not teach this to others? And that's the beauty of having something that you can, that you're passionate about, not just yourself, but Sharing that one to others is a beautiful story. But love for us to, for you to share with us what continues to inspire you doing this business. You know, I, uh, it's a little bit uh, dorky, but I really, I really think when you hire better, everything gets better. Um, you have more free time, you have more success in your business, you have more money usually. And it's something where when I can talk to somebody who's feeling just trapped by their business and they're not getting the results they want and they're not, it just feels like it's so much work and we can talk about it and we can tweak and I can help them get clear about what they need to hire and how they need to set the expectations for that person and how they need to communicate them so everybody's on the same page and everybody's in agreement before you start paying any payroll to them. And then they'll call me back in three months and be like, oh my gosh, you changed my life. This is amazing. This is the best hire I've ever made. And that really the fact is, you know, now they can go on vacation with their kids. They can actually go to the lake without their laptop on the weekend and stuff like that. Because those are things that I struggled with in my first business with really kind of, you know, I was a great recruiter, but that didn't mean I was a great hirer right away because there's a difference between recruiting and hiring. And I, I didn't get that, and I learned it the hard way, repeatedly, until I finally got really clear about, okay, talking them into working for me is very different than actually having them work for me. Um, so a lot of the lessons I'm sharing are ones I learned the hard way, you know, kind of the two-by-four to the head type lesson of why, what is going on? Um, and so that, to me, I just know how that felt to me when I finally figured it out for my own business, and when I can give other women that experience of like, oh, I finally got the pieces to fall together. So that is really what drives me and inspires me.
Mm, yes, I mean, being able to help these entrepreneurs hire better, you know, so that they can get their better results for their business. Time, that is huge. I mean, if you have people that you know you can trust and that, that can be there while you are away to get the business done, nothing is so fulfilling than that one. I love that you shared that one with us and you have this expertise and service uh, that you can share with all of us because I'm sure this is one area that a lot of us in some way, shape or form, we have to learn how to duplicate ourselves by hiring other people. So this is an area that is so close to me as well and uh, something that we ha- all have to learn. Uh, great that you have this out there. But let's talk about how you prepared for success that turned this idea or that turned this inspiration into a reality. Can you share our listeners what are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from? All right. So I think that my three top personal traits to becoming a successful entrepreneur um, is number one, first and foremost, I'm a very terrible employee. I really hate having a boss. I really, really hate having a boss. And so the motivation to never have a boss again is an excellent motivation. Um, And so that is, for me, I know that I want to have control over my name, my reputation, everything like that is extremely important to me. Um, And so that is a personal trait that I think is pretty important if you're going to make the path of entrepreneurship your way of life. Um, And it's, I really want to be in charge of my reputation. And that just came from an experience back. I had a couple of runs with bad bosses and the last one triple billed one of my clients and I got chewed out and I just thought never again will anyone have control over my reputation because I didn't have anything to do with that, but I'm the one who got chewed out. Um, And so that's, you know, probably the first personal trait is a a strong desire never to have a boss again. Um, The second trait is I'm insatiably curious. I am so curious about everyone and what they do. People, my friends were just we were together this weekend and they were joking that I'm the only person who actually really does care what you do at your job and I'm super interested in it and I can relate to almost anyone and their work. Um, I'm also an information junkie, which can have a bit of a double-edged sword, but I really love to learn about people and I really love to learn about new things. Um, and the third, um, and you touched on this just a, a couple minutes ago, but if you've heard of the hedgehog principle, I, I found my hedgehog principle with recruiting. I'm naturally very good at it. I'm very passionate about it and I can get paid to do it. Um, and so I think for personal traits, if you can actually find that hedgehog principle and make it for yours and your business is around something that you're naturally great at, you're passionate about and you can get paid to do, that is a huge indicator of success. Hmm, love that. So that the strong desire not to have a boss. I love that. Insatiably curious. Wow, I love that phrase. I'm being curious. Uh Knowing, uh, learning about other people, learning about everything you can get your hands to, passion and for what you do, having the expertise and combining your expertise and your passion, that makes a great business idea. These traits that Rick uh, just shared with us, let's cultivate and adapt them into our lives and into our business. All right, let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as entrepreneur. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And 
To get through those challenges takes a very special person. And our audience wants to know that special person in you. So what have been your biggest challenges building your business? And how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? Well, remember that insatiable curiosity? That That is a challenge too. It's one of my greatest strengths and also one of my greatest weaknesses because I have more ideas than anyone could reasonably expect to execute on. Um, but I'm wildly optimistic about all of them. And so lots of times I end up with a plate that is way too full for the reality of my life. And so then I start to get overwhelmed and crabby. And so then I, I developed a, a system that, that is you know not very profound, but it works great for me. And when I realize like I have bitten off more than I can chew here or I have too many things going on, I do a list that I call, what would a smart person do? Because I think I'm a smart person, but when I'm overwhelmed and I've got way too much going on, like smart Ricka has left the building. She's not with us anymore. So then I basically sit down and I think about the situation I'm in and I give myself advice that I would give to a friend or a colleague who is kind of, you know, saying, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. And that helps me really get clear about what are the smart things to work on? What are the things that are closest to completion? What are the things I'm going to really enjoy delivering? And it helps me just take that to-do list of 200 items down to the 20 that actually matter right now. Um, and so that's kind of how I've learned to address my ability to sort of jam myself full of activities and to-dos and then to be like, okay, get clear. What matters? Um, so yeah, I would say my what does a smart person do list is one of the most powerful tools I have to sort of control my own chaos. And when you don't have a boss, you have to figure out ways to manage your own behaviors that can trip you up. Um, so that's one. Another kind of challenge I think that I've faced as an entrepreneur is staying in the flow. And I know, and I have a huge history of when I'm in the flow with work, everything is easy, money flows, everything is great. And when I get out of the flow, it's like I'm walking uphill in snow. It's just miserable. I'm working super hard and getting very few results. And then I get crabby and, you know, frustrated. And I've learned now after several cycles of this, like when I begin to get very, very frustrated with everything, it's because I'm off. Like I'm not working in my zone of genius. I'm not in the flow. And so then I need to sort of take that break, catch my breath and then be like, okay, what, what is my flow? And that is extremely important because being an entrepreneur, you can work in the wrong direction a long time before somebody's going to call you on it. So it's important to recognize the clues you're giving yourself of this isn't working. And the faster you can identify that it's not working, the faster you can take corrective action. And I think that is how you succeed in business is by recognizing when you're working in the wrong direction or, you know, you're kind of off path um, and redirecting yourself. And so, um, you know, I think... The last kind of big challenge I have is work-life balance. Um, I love my work. I'm super excited about it. I'm passionate about it. And usually I'm doing stuff I want to do because it's my company. Um, and so I can tend to get buried in that. And before I had kids, I would work all the time and I never really thought anything of it. But when I had children, suddenly it changed. It's not possible to work all the time. They need stuff and you want to be with them. And so they've been a really great um, kind of... I don't know what it, the right word is, but to help me get that balance of like, I love my work, but I love my kids more. And so 
they help me kind of create that balance just because I don't want to miss their lives and I don't want to be stressed out and crabby for it. Um, and that's helped me tremendously to get really clear about where I'm going to draw the line for my business of this, this is enough, Rekha. It's five o'clock. You're done. Turn it off and, you know, focus on what actually matters in your life. Um, so yeah, so work-life balance is tricky because I do love what I do and I can get a little bit sucked into it. <laughs> Wow, I certainly can relate to these challenges that you just shared with us, and I'm sure our listeners too. I mean, the, overcoming the overwhelm, doing too many things, because more often we wear too many hats. We wear a lot of, uh, we have to do a lot of things, especially for we, in the beginning when we have, when we're working alone or we're working on ourselves, with ourselves. There's a lot of things that we have to do, and sometimes it can get overwhelming. But I love those tips that you shared with us uh, on how to overcome this. Staying on the flow, working or, or finding that genius zone that we, we call uh, and being able to tap into that one so you can work uh, more effectively and efficiently. Work-life balance, oh, this is something that I'm sure a lot of us are challenged with because I myself too. And that segues us to the next question, which is work-life balance. I know this is a challenge that a lot of us share and I'd love for you to share with us some of how you're able to um, deal with this. I know you have, you've just shared us a little bit about it, but what do you do in, uh, to maintain this in, uh, and how are you able to accomplish this in the areas of your health, your family, your relationships, and your business? Yeah. Well, I had a great friend once who said that she doesn't strive for work-life balance. She, lo- she strives for work-life harmony. And that, that really resonated with me where there's times in my life where I am more focused on work and then there's times in my life when I'm more focused on family and it and as long as it sort of comes out in the wash that that works for me because that is the nature of the businesses I've chosen um, and it's also the nature of my personality I'm not necessarily like well many people would say I don't have a happy medium so balance probably is not something I'm going to be awesome at um, but I can ebb and flow and work with it that way so that's kind of more attainable for me um, and I'm not sure if I can take credit for this first uh, addressing it, but I married an amazing guy. Hi, Chris, when you're listening. Um, and he is super supportive and, and kind and patient and many things that I would not describe myself at. And he helps me kind of just like, OK, wait, I want to I want to turn off work, Rika, and be present in this moment because I'm married to a great guy who's my best friend. And then we have two amazing little humans that we're trying to raise up into awesome adults. And it's easy to turn off work when you want to be with your family and you, you have a really good reason to be present in your life versus, you know, with your nose in your laptop. Um, so those are, you know, those are three really good reasons for me to sort of keep the balance. Um, and I also have kind of identified certain things in my life that help me recognize when I'm off track. And if I find that I'm snapping at my husband or I'm annoyed at him or, you know, I'm frustrated that the kids are always needing something from me, like they're not the problem. Work is the problem like that. It's OK for your husband to forget to take the garbage out occasionally. And it's OK for your kids who are four and six to need stuff from you. So it's not OK to be irritated with them. It's about work. And so for me, that's kind of my, my trigger when I find that I'm becoming a crabby mom that I need to really look hard at work because that's what's driving it and that's what needs to change. Um, and so I, another thing that really was, I, I would say life-changing for me, um, and it, 
it's like so simple on the face of it, but it was for me very life changing. Um, when our daughter was born, I literally had less than two weeks of maternity leave before I was back working again because I'm self-employed and you know, if I don't work, I don't get paid. And my business was starting to grow kind of rapidly. So at this time we had two children under 18 months old, which was crazy in of itself. And my business was growing like crazy and I was just unbelievably stressed out. And so I called my mom and my mom was a stay at home mom till I went to school. Well, then she was a teacher and, you know, she's, she's definitely not a businesswoman. She's smart as can be, but she's not, you know, she's not an entrepreneur by nature. Right. And so I was complaining to her and she said, Ricka, both you and Chris have amazing jobs. Hire some help. And I, I was like, you can do that. Like I can hire someone to wash my dishes and my laundry. And like, that's not cheating. That's not like taking, you know, copping out of being an entrepreneur and a mom and I got to do it all myself. And so we hired a college girl to come to our our house for one uh, to two hours a day. Mostly it was one hour a day. And she would literally load and unload the dishwasher, wash the dishes, put them away, do laundry, do random, you know, tasks around the house, like touch up the paint in the hallway. And she just did these random tasks for us. And it cost us about 200 to $300 a month. And it was the best money I've ever spent. Um, it was, I often joke, it was much cheaper than therapy. Um, and I just, I didn't take have to feel bad about the dishes piling up. I didn't have to feel bad that my house was messy all the time. It was just, it was in fact the best money I think I've ever spent as an entrepreneur because I was able to just work on work and then be present with my family instead of like trying to wash the dishes, do the laundry, you know, all of that stuff. Um, so that I think is, you know, a really important way to get that balance is, you know what, I don't know that it's important in your life that you're the one doing the dishes. I don't don't actually know that there's like a huge uh, achievement thing for that or fulfillment for most people. So if there's stuff like that, that you can have someone else do and you can financially swing it, you should do it. Your life and being happy is much more important than being able to do your own dishes or your own laundry. Um, you know, as far as, you know, work-life harmony with the health and fitness, uh, that one eludes me. I could tell you a hundred tips for getting meditation to be part of your daily life and activity, yet I haven't found any that stick long-term for me. So that one, I'm still figuring it out, but I'll figure it out. You know, I just got to find the right way that that works with me. And again, that is always better when I'm in the flow with my work. When I'm in the flow with my work, I have no no problem taking time to do yoga or exercise. But when I'm out of the flow and I'm working hard and I'm working in the wrong direction, then there's no possible time for me to do that. Um, so I think they're they're all very connected and it's all about being in that flow and making sure that you're in a place where you feel happy and productive and that everything goes better then. And it's, it's tricky. It's hard to stay in that. I don't have the, you know, the three point answer on how you stay in flow all the time. But I do know that when you get out of flow, the faster you can recognize it to move yourself back into it, the better your business and your life are going to go. Mm, love your perspective on uh, this uh, work-life balance and those tips that you shared with us. Yes, I agree. Instead of striving for perfect balance, which there is no such thing as perfect balance, strive for harmony. Integrate your life and work. Having a supportive family is a a huge, huge plus and uh, kudos to your husband, Chris, for being such a supportive husband and uh, for you. I know it's been really helpful when you have the support system around you. And I love when you mentioned about hiring help uh, to do those household course. That in and out of itself was a game changer for me as well. I mean, I, you know, that two hours or four hours I spent cleaning the house, I could have used that more building my business or doing what I love doing. And mm -hmm. I didn't see that 
importance of that one. I didn't see the value of that one early on. So it's really important for, especially for our, our listeners out there who are just starting out. Wow. Look at those areas in your life that you are spending a lot of time or you are not able to spend time and hire that help. And it's not just for business, but for your personal as well, like hiring help for household chores, like for example, dishes, laundry, mm. uh, going to um, the groceries, for example. Yeah. Love those tips. Thanks for sharing those. Now let's talk about success and what success means to you. Your business appears to be financially doing quite well and with that success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life. Now, would like to also say that success is a mindset. I can have $10 in my pocket, but my mind feels like a millionaire. I feel great about myself and I'm moving forward. The opposite way will be a multi-billionaire and be totally miserable. So am I yep, successful? Exactly. Yes. Financially, Yes individually probably not so in your journey as an entrepreneur what does success mean to you and what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success all right well this one this one is sort of near and dear to my heart um i actually i just gave a keynote speech to some high schoolers a couple months ago about you know what is success and I, I truly believe success is very personal. Um, my cousin, her idea of success would do to service work in every country in the world, and she probably will get quite a ways to her goal. Um, I have another friend who, you know, if she could sell her medical practice and just give away money and be a philanthropist, she'd be wild. She'd be very, very happy. And um, I think it's very personal to everyone. And my main driver for success. Um, has changed in my evolution as an entrepreneur. When I started my first business, as I said, I was 26 years old and I, I was, I was intense and I, I had to hit a million dollars in sales before I was 30 um, or I was a failure. I mean, there was really no gray area for me there. It was hit a million or failed. That was, it was very flawed, but it is what it is. Um, and so I, I actually really lucked out and I hired an amazing gal named Erin who helped me get to a million dollars in sales in three years before I was 30. And I did it. I achieved it. It was awesome. And I hated my company. I hated my job. And that's because I was no longer doing any of the stuff I love, which is recruiting and helping clients. All I was doing was managing people who weren't as good at recruiting as I was. And I was miserable. And so I had that experience of everything looks great on the outside. I'm being given a ton of awards for a young entrepreneur and, you know, kind of up and comer. And yet I hated my job. And that was terrible. Uh, and then, you know, the universe obviously sort of granted my wish because my my main search firm is for building products. And when the housing market collapsed, I mean, basically my business collapsed with it. It just, nobody needed a recruiter for building products when every other house on the street is up for foreclosure. And so I had this terrible failure. It was like, I mean, less than 18 months from hitting a million dollars in sales that we were closing the doors. And yet I sort of felt like when it actually went down, like the gilded cage, I built myself broke and I was free and I was like free to do it better and smarter. And I, I still knew I don't want a boss and not interested in a boss at all. But I do know that like uh, freedom matters to me. I don't ever want to be trapped again. I don't ever want to build something that I don't want to love doing. And so when I started my next business, which was a very similar structured business, but way, way different internal structure, 
everything was built on me doing what I love and, and making money because once you've had a failed business, you become a little bit crazy. You want to mass up your safety net pretty substantially. And I just, I found so much more happiness. And so if you would look at my business in 2005, 2006, you'd be like, wow, she was like knocking it out of the park. Yet my business in 2010, which was much smaller, was substantially more profitable and gave me a ton of freedom because I worked about 20 hours a week and made quite a bit more money than I had when I was working 80 hours a week. And so that like that to me was such a personal experience of make sure your ego isn't driving the bus on what you want and make sure you're actually checking in with your spirit and your soul. Because once I got that, what I thought I wanted, I realized this is miserable. And so now everything I kind of do a gut check of, is this something I want to do? Is this, am I building what I want? And I'm, I'm still learning this lesson. I just recently, I just did it again where I was like, okay, I'm going to hire, you know, people to do this. And then it's like, I end up managing people, which I really don't enjoy at all. And so my husband said to me before, he's like, you know, you're going to end up hating this in four months. And I'm like, yep, probably, but I got to try it. And I did it again. And it's like, you know, then I have to make the changes. I'm like, you know what? This doesn't work for me. I, this is how I prefer to be on project basis and stuff like that. And so anyway, I just think success is so personal. And I want to encourage everyone listening to make sure that you're not chasing a dream that's being written by your ego instead of who you truly are and what you really want in your life. Um, and I think there's power because once I righted myself and I got clear about what I really wanted, which was freedom, my my primary driver for everything is freedom. And that is personal freedom to do what I want, when I want, where I want, as well as financial freedom, which I, I really believe they go hand in hand because if you have financial freedom and you have the financial means, you can control a lot of stuff and you can do a lot of different things. Um, and that after having several years of running a lean business that was very profitable, my husband and I decided to move to Puerto Ventos, Mexico. So we spent a year in Mexico with our three and four year old, um, having kind of a family sabbatical, sort of live abroad experience. And that that wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't built my business and our life up so we would have that freedom that I could actually move to a different country and it didn't screw up my business and it didn't screw up my life. Um, and so that, you know, I just think that really making sure you're clear about what you're trying to build for your life should drive a lot of your decisions and success changes. And as you evolve through your life as an entrepreneur, what you thought you cared about in the first three years is different than the, you know, three to eight years and eight to 10 and so on and so forth. So I just consider it my evolution as an entrepreneur. And I'm a very successful executive search firm owner. I know how to do that. I've been really great at it. I know all the mistakes. I don't do anything stupid anymore. And when I launched rickabrandon.com, I don't know anything about an online business and, you know, building a personal brand. So I've made a ton of mistakes and it's been very humbling and annoying, right? <laughs> because it's <laughs> annoying to make a lot of mistakes, but it's been like such a good experience for me to go back to being a rookie and I'm making mistakes and I'm learning it. And so I just, yeah, I think success is all about when you're faced with a challenge and you're able to look at it and be like, okay, this is how I'm going to tackle it. And, you know, maybe works out on the first time, maybe it works out on the fourth time. But I think as long as we continue to rise, we're good. So sorry, that was kind of a long winded answer. But I think that's, you know, a complicated question 
that has a lot of facets to consider that are all very individual. So. Yes, amen to that. I mean, I love your perspective on success. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, success, I'm sure for a lot of us, is achieving the freedom, the personal freedom and financial freedom. Because I myself, that is the ultimate goal of why I'm doing this business that I love doing. Time financial security for not just me, but for my family and being able to transcend that uh, success to other people. At the end of the day, that's what matters. So like what uh, Rick uh, just shared with us, ask yourself and be very clear on why are you in business? What does success mean to you? And I'd love for you to share that one with us here at today's Leading Women. Now, I know you've given us a lot of tips already, but I'd love for you to talk about one of the highlights of our show and that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be, especially to those who want to follow your footsteps. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience. So take it back to the past. Say you're going to start all over again as an entrepreneur and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first buck. What types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learn would you give your fellow entrepreneurs knowing where you came from and where you headed at? And if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? All right. Okay. So the first one would be, be really clear that you want to be an entrepreneur. Um, there is a lot of kind of, oh, it's sexy to be self-employed. Um, and the reality is it, it isn't for everyone. So for one thing, be really clear that this is what you want. Um, you need a strong motivating force to help you get through the tough days, weeks, and months of starting your business. Because for most people, it's not an overnight success. And there will be tough days. And you need to make sure that your core and the part of you that is pushing for this is a strong enough force to help you get through that. that. So if you're kind of wishy-washy about it, do it on the side. Don't, don't take the leap yet, right? Um, so be really clear that this is the path you want to take. And then the next thing, which I wish I had learned and been able to hear early in my entrepreneurial life was be really clear about what you want to deliver. You can sell a lot of things, but you should only sell things you will enjoy delivering. Uh, you know, there's, there's an infinite number of ways to make money. So oh, there's definitely ways that you can make money and love what you're doing and enjoy what you're doing. So don't don't chase the money. It ends badly because then you end up doing something you hate and nobody likes that. Um, so there's ways to make money and do what you love. And I think most importantly, if you know, like really know, like capital K, know in your gut that use is what your path is, go for it. You're smart enough to figure it out. Just don't expect it to go perfectly and be prepared to screw up. You'll just keep learning and moving forward. And as long as you're learning, it's not a failure. And even your failures serve you. So just go for it. Just, you're going to figure it out. You're smart enough. If you have the moxie to do it, you're going to work it out. So those would be kind of my, my top three things. Mm, golden nuggets in those tips that you just shared with us. So let me just summarize them again for our listeners. So the first one is to be very clear if you really want to be an entrepreneur. I agree with you. It's not for everyone. There are pros and cons of being an entrepreneur, but I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't go back to anything than being an entrepreneur. So know if this is the path that you want to pursue 
and because that's really important starting on. Second one is to be clear of what you deliver and deliver what you enjoy. I love that because you like what uh, Rika just shared with us. You end up hating it if you don't enjoy it, if you're not doing something that you love. Last one is to know if this is your path to go for it. I mean, so important to if you have that idea and you know you're passionate about it, get it out there, go for it and pursue it. Great tips here that we can all take action on today. So I'll make sure to have those on our show notes. Last but not the least, share our listeners that one woman out there that you admire the most and why. You know, I, I got to go with Oprah Winfrey. I hardly ever watch her show, but I mean, she's power beyond measure in, in many ways. And yet she continues to openly share her challenges and strives to help people live a better life. I just, I really like how real she is. And I think the force of good she is in the world is, is pretty amazing. Um, so that would be one, you know, on a more real day-to-day level, I have a huge amount of respect for single moms. I, I, my hat's off to them and stay-at-home moms. These are two women that I, like, you have my utmost respect because those are two of the hardest jobs in the world. So... <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I mean, Oprah is such an inspiration. And of course, single moms and stay-at-home moms, they are superheroes of our days. And I, yes, I agree with you. They are our inspiration. And thanks to for you, thanks to you for sharing them with us. We salute them for not just being an inspiration to you, but for all of us here at Today's Leading Women. Lastly, Rick, uh, share our listeners what's one big benefit uh, they can get with your product or your service where they can get it, and what's the best way that our listeners can connect with you, and then we'll end from there. All right, great. Well, um, if they are thinking about adding staff for their business, and for a lot of your listeners, this might be down the road, but there's a ton of free information on my blog, which is at rickabrandon.com, and there's just tons of resources based on you know writing a job ad, writing a job description, interviewing tips, all sorts of stuff related to building that team to help grow your business. Um, so there's a ton of free information, and and then when you're ready to get a little bit more serious about it, um, I have a couple of courses. One is called Clarity and Reality, and that one helps you get really clear about what you need. So if you know you need to hire some help, but you're unclear about exactly what you need or it sort of shifts, Clarity and Reality helps you get really clear about what your business needs, why you're going to take that money out of your pocket and give it to someone else, what you can, what you need to expect from them, and how you can communicate those expectations. And then at the end, you'll have a really effective job description to share with potential hires. Um, and then the other course is Attract and Recruit. And that course is built entirely to help you get more qualified candidates. So if you already have a team and you're posting job ads and you're not getting any qualified candidates really back, Attract and Recruit gives you a ton of information and insight on how recruiters like myself, how we position our message to get that right message in front of the right people at the right time. So you can have more qualified candidates to choose from. And we're we're doing a bunch of stuff in the next six months. We've got a pretty cool plan laid out. Um, so definitely check out the site and get on my list. Um, a big part of it is there's a ton of stuff for free because I don't want, want you to hire until your business is truly ready for you to hire. And so you'll often find that sometimes my advice advises you not to hire just yet or to look at a different way to get that need met versus hiring an employee because uh, my team has virtual assistants on it and stuff like that. So there's a lot of ways to get the work done that you need to get done um, before you invest in that first employee. So that is kind of the best way probably for them to connect. And if they have questions, uh, rickabrandon.com forward slash ask is where you can plug in a question that you might want me to answer on a blog or a video. 
Um, and that's a great way if I'm not addressing what you're wondering about that you can get on my content list of the stuff I'm going to create and answer in the near future. All right. So that's www.rickabrandon.com. That's double K, rickabrandon.com. I highly encourage you, our listeners, to go to now, rickabrandon.com. At least be on her newsletter so you can be updated on what she's putting out there. Check out her courses, Clarity and Reality, and Attract and Recruit. And if this resonates with you and you are on that stage to capitalize on this, I highly encourage you to connect with Rika. You can connect with her via her blog at rikabrandon.com. Again, that's www.rika, that's double K, brandon.com. Rika, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time, your inspiring story, your expertise, for being a role model to many, and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Thank you. It was a blast. And if I can help your listeners in any way, they should definitely reach out to me. So it's all good for us to help each other rise up. Podcast your passion. Yes. Did you know you can podcast your passion, make a difference and make money talking about what you love talking about? That's how I get to do what I'm doing. Talking to wonderful women every day. Here are today's leading women. Want to learn how I did it? Go to podcastyourpassion.com. That's www.podcastyourpassion.com. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.